I'd like to welcome our first sponsor to the official Do Good Better podcast, and that is DonorDoc. Listen, as a nonprofit, DonorDoc knows that you wear many different hats, and that's why they are here to help you make your life easier. DonorDoc helps you connect with your donors on a deeper level and provides you with the tools to become the ultimate fundraiser. There are other instantly cool features too, but we know connecting and staying connected with your donors are high on most of your priority lists. Hey, guess what? DonorDoc is so awesome, and I'm telling you, so awesome, that to everyone listening, they are giving you a 100% discount off your first month. That's right, 100% off. It's absolutely free to use for your first month. All you have to do is use the referral code DOGOODBETTER, and you're set. Again, do good better. It's simple. It's easy. Head to DonorDoc.com to learn more and get started. Hey, thanks, DonorDoc, for being an official sponsor of the official Do Good Better podcast. So we really believe that every person deserves a safe and vibrant community, and um, that usually means no violence. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. Of course, this is a show dedicated to small nonprofits doing great big things, and we have a wonderful guest for you today. She is uh, one of my dear friends, and she is the executive director. No, she's not. She's the president and CEO of CVIC up in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Koya Tompkins, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you. I feel excited to be here. I'm it's very about excited. time I get on the show. I've been friends for how long now? <laughs> I know. I feel bad. I, I feel bad. This was supposed to be earlier, but we've been, you know, super busy. You've been, um, you've, you know, dope head first in uh, as the sort of head of CBIC now. So if somebody's kind of scrolling through uh, YouTube, they're scrolling to uh, one of their favorite podcast sites and they see your name, Koya, and CBIC, they said, this is a pretty interesting uh, show. I want to listen, but I don't know anything there is to know about CBIC. Why don't you give us kind of like the uh, 5,000 foot view on what you do as an organization? Sure. Well, we, we're basically here because we want to virtually end violence in two generations. That's really our why. Um, it's pretty aggressive and we know that and we actually wouldn't have it any other way. So um, we've been around for about 40 years. Um, we offer sort of a soup to nut solution for violence. So we work on everything from prevention and intervention to education. So we do safety, healing and education. Um, all through, so we kind of catch people in their most deepest crisis, all the way through that healing stage. And then um, our goal is really to prevent this from ever happening. So um, where we've been focusing the last few years is really on that preventive side. So last year, we actually educated um, over 18,000 people. So Unbelievable. Yeah. What, what part of that education uh, do, uh, do you do? What, what does that look like as part of uh, preventative not preventative care, but like, how do you prevent some of this stuff? And what are some of the education pieces that you're out in the community talking about? So one of the coolest programs we have, we do everything. So we catch um, littles um, at kindergarten with, a, of course, everything's age appropriate curriculum. 
all the way up through, we actually have a collegiate partner with the University of North Dakota. And then in addition to education for students, we also offer education in the community. And one of the coolest programs we launched last fall was a program called Green Dot. It's a um, bystander intervention program, and it's basically designed to help all of us understand that violence um, intervention is really all of our problem. We focus on um, the three Ds, which is divert, direct, or delegate. So if we see some violence um, starting to happen, or maybe that's a um, body language we're seeing in Target, maybe it's we're out at the bar when we can actually go back to the restaurants and we see, you know, someone looking a little scared. There's a lot of different tools we can provide people to help them um, be a part of solving that violence before it ever begins. Um, and it's a program we've been fortunate to have because of Gate City Bank. Um, they helped us invest in that. It's a six-hour training that we put people through. Um, we currently have 26 facilitators of the Green Dot that are certified now. Um, so that program is just one, one example of how we really try to approach things um, uh, really innovatively um, because we really believe to solve the violence problem, we need our neighbors' help to do so. Part of our um, charm if for a lack of a better term in North Dakota is sort of um, eh, everything will work itself out kind of mentality or, you know, you kind of have an ostrich like uh, head yep. and attitude um, with a lot of things. And that's just part of our nature. It's none of our business is kind of how we, I think are, um, are sort of programmed to think. And so you're asking folks to intervene or at least step in and ask some, some pretty heavy questions. Um, how does that, how does, how do we do that from a culture wise here in flyover country? And yeah, I think in the Midwest in general, it's just, this not in my business. I don't want, I don't, hey, whatever you do, you kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Start even combating some of that as an attitude. It's a great question. You know, um, the beauty of the Green Dot program is it really um, is it's depending on regardless of what you know personality you might have or things like that you can um select the tools that work for you and sometimes that might the situation might dictate that but if it's looking particularly like it's going to get a little rough you can delegate that so you mm -hmm. can have a store manager or you could call the police or you can get a friend to help you so it doesn't always have to be that direct intervention but what we're trying to do in our education is just keep get people more comfortable with seeing that they are part of the solution mm -hmm. and that we can't solve this if we're always putting the ostrich in the sand. So. Right, <laughs> right. But part of what I think one of my main concerns, I think as I'm kind of chatting with uh, organizations um, that, that deal with violence in the community is uh, a lot of these stay at home orders and these mandates to stay at home, it would be logical, I think, in my brain that you're going to see a massive uptick in um, abuse and violence in the home. Are you seeing that or is it is it not coming to light because they're at home? It, I mean, how does that work? Because I think I'm I'm challenged with um, sort of this um, and as a person who's glass half full most of the time kind of person, mm -hmm. I'm challenged with thinking like, well, it can't get, you know, it shouldn't be bad. But then you're kind of acknowledging reality of like, well, if they're trapped somebody within a horrible relationship at home and they can't leave because we've got a global pandemic coming out. Are you seeing an uptick in violence and how are you combating this as a new reality to how your services are provided? Well, it's something that's on our hearts all the time. You know, NBC just did a, a huge um, 
comprehensive story really on what's happening nationwide. And while we aren't seeing that direct correlation in Grand Forks mm -hmm. County, um, we know that history would tell us is that there's sort of that calm before the storm. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm thinking now that it's it's been interesting because as the city has opened up more, um, the, the needs are more severe. So hmm. um, there's going to be a higher need for um, support services for housing and gas and groceries. And um, so what we know is just because those the call volumes not directly um, surfacing, we know that it's very likely it's because they're not getting out. And right. so um, we're, we're just always cognizant of how can we, um, how can we continue to let people know we're here through a variety of sources? So we've been doing everything we can with um, just fly. We've been putting flyers where things are still open, grocery stores, pharmacies, gas stations, um, social media posts, things like that. But yeah, we haven't seen it directly in Grand Forks County, but my colleagues throughout the state are seeing that. Right. One of the things that I love about uh, nonprofits is regardless of their size or their scale or their scope, they always have um, gigantic goals, these big, hairy, audacious goals for the future of their organization. One of the things we love asking on the podcast is, what are your giant plans? What can we expect in the future, near future for CBIC? So I wish we were in my office in um, Grand Forks. So I'm at my home office now, but in my um, office, I have a countdown clock um, similar to what you'd see in an Irish bar. Yes. So at CVIC, um, we don't count down to St. Patrick's Day, but we do count down to December 31st of 2025. Mm. Um, that's when we believe um, with all the effort we're putting forth that um, we will see a decline in Grand Forks County in violence. Um, what we're a little nervous about now, frankly, is that we're, we're feeling a little bit behind the eight ball because we lost a couple 10 weeks here <laughs> um, and putting a dent in that. But that's our goal is really to start to see that second generation um, violence to start to taper off. I mean, we really believe that every person deserves a safe and vibrant community. And um, that usually means no violence. So um, for us, that's our goal. Um, and our biggest milestone right now is that 2025 point. Sure. Oh, that's a great, uh, that's a great one. And you know, again, I think, I think this time where we're sort of at, um, at home and not being able to do the things we normally would, uh, would do is going to spur, I think, momentum. I think it's going to spur creativity. And I think when uh, things begin to open up, I think you're going to see this run on uh, momentum building like you've never seen before. So I'm really excited about that. I've got faith in you. You're going to be just okay. What do you do? What does CVIC do differently than other organizations like yours trying to prevent um, or, you know, sort of taking action against violence um, in the community? Well, I think um, one of the biggest things is, um, you know, we've been kind of shifting our thinking over the past few years. We, we set about this very aggressive plan with partners. Um, so we don't do anything alone. Um, we really believe that um, the way we're going to solve violence is through these partnerships. Um, so about probably close to 10 years ago now, um, we set about pursuing a Safer Tomorrow's Roadmap as part of um, a child uh, welfare initiative throughout the nation. And we partnered with the mayor, city police, uh, court system, education, healthcare, um, to create the Safer Tomorrow's Roadmap. roadmap. And that's where the tipping point, uh, that was one of the outcomes that we targeted from that tipping point. So um, 
I would say one of the things we do differently is we're just not satisfied with the volume of people we're serving. We really want to be about um, catching that next generation um, to prevent this from ever happening. So one of the things we're looking at now is we're really proud of the amount of people we reach on an annual basis, some 18,000 people last year. But I don't know that that's good enough uh, to just say that we've reached a bunch of people. Um, and we do measure to see if they've retained the curriculum we've given them. But I'd like to see, you know, how has the behavior changed? So maybe it's talking to educators or healthcare professionals. Um, we also have some pretty uh, audacious goals around that. You know, we think we're saving the healthcare system a lot of money every year. Um, you know, is there a partnership somewhere in there? Um, so it's all those kinds of things of just thinking a little more, uh, pushing that envelope a little bit further to see, you know, what do I want my grandkids? How do I want Grand Forks County to look different for my grandkids um, than my kids? So that's awesome. And with all the partnerships and with all the programming that you have out, what are some of the documented successes that you have had? Or can you point to uh, things that you've uh, rolled out and said, we nailed this one? Uh, so documented successes from CVIC. Got a couple for us? Yeah, I think the the most fun one, in addition to Green Dot, would be um, our domestic violence court that we launched a little over, it's, it'll celebrate two years in August now. And um, it was a focused effort to try to catch offenders um, in that court process, mm -hmm. where we mandate them to go through a 27-week um, offender treatment program. It's uh, not group therapy, but it, it has some of the benefits of such. And we have them go through a 27-week mandatory course. And we are finding um, that the folks who go through this course um, are less likely to offend again. In fact, we measure them um, two years after they complete the course. So they can't just have just attended. They have to complete it. Um, and um, or over 70% of them, um, we are not returning to the home for domestic violence. So that's a direct measurable uh, piece of data. And that's actually gone up since I got here. It was at 68% when I first got here. So we know it's working. We know they're, they're more likely to um, stay connected. Where I would love to take it is looking at, you know, we kind of send them out the door after 27 weeks and hope they retain and remember and apply everything mm -hmm. we taught them. I'd love to to offer some additional therapy services for our offenders on the other side of this. That sounds like a delightful thing. One of your donors should go and yeah, pay for it. Oh, dang it! I think that's great. <laughs> uh, one of the things one of the things that uh, nonprofits do not like, and this is again part of our charm here in Flyover Country, but specifically in the nonprofit world, is we just don't like celebrating. We think it's bragging, and that's silly. So we use a time on the show to celebrate a big win or a medium win or a small win. It doesn't really matter. Celebrating a win is important. So what can we celebrate with you today uh, for a, a, a big win or a, a win at CBIC? Well, I would say I'm pretty excited about what we did for Giving Hearts Day. We Ooh. more than doubled, almost tripled our goal. Um, so that's pretty fun. Um, fun. And, and that was, again, when I talk about collaboration and partnerships, there was only 30 different businesses and individuals that came to the forefront of that. So um, that was something that hadn't been done here before. So even though I get nervous about um, virtual events and, and trying to continue to fundraise, um, I know that the community has responded for 40 years and they'll do it again. <laughs> so 
The only mistake you can make in fundraising right now is not fundraising and just sticking your head in the sand in that too. So kudos, right. to you, kudos to the community. And I think that's really uh, a testament to, again, like what you were talking about earlier with partnerships and how that actually um, is one of the direct things that makes you a better organization is getting people on board because we can't do it ourselves. We can't do it alone. Why try it uh, as, uh, as true? Uh, we love to end as we do every week, um, but every show with the uh, idea of appreciation and gratitude. So are there a handful of people or just one uh, that you want to point out um, and sort of give a big shout out of joy and thanks to that's helped CBIC where it's being now or where it's going in the future? And how can we give them a big old a bunch of kudos in the appreciation realm? For- <laughs> Well, I guess the biggest one would be the city of Grand Forks. Um, They have agreed to help us um, with a really cool project. Um, It's called Two Generation Guardians, Mm. the peacemakers who changed the face of violence for good. It's going to be a book that we're publishing this summer. Um, We just believe that we never got to where we were without these guardians in our world. And um, we're going to be publishing a book about 40 of those guardians. Um, Grand Forks, the city being one of them, um, the Mayor Brown has been with us for half our history. Um, He and his staff have just been a huge part of our success and they've agreed to help us with this project and I dripped out a couple more um, small business owners that haven't quite said yes, but hopefully they will. Um, So that's a book that's coming out. So if you want to learn about great people in North Dakota, upper Midwest for that matter, you want to buy the book and all proceeds will go back to CVIC. Oh, what a cool thing. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. That's awesome. Yeah. And so collaborating with the city. So that means you've got 40 stories for 40 years. If I, if I'm doing the math correctly in my brain, yeah. <laughs> um, give me an example of somebody who would be um, featured in this book. We'll do a teaser, a teaser. Name, oh my a teaser gosh. Story. How okay. About that? And I won't make I won't put you on the spot to give you the whole backstory, but what can we look forward to in, in a book like this and how it directly correlates to kind of why CVIC exists as a as a as a deal? I think that's fascinating. So the coolest, it's hard to pick just one, of course, but um, if you want to get a teaser of her story, you can catch us on June 23rd at our virtual event um, because she'll be speaking. Um, But she's a past client of ours. Her name is Yvonne Griffin. who has gone through one of the most horrific, you know, we, we hear a lot in our business about rough stuff. And uh, she went through abuse as a youngster and again as a teenager and again as an adult, um, but is on the other side of it now. Um, it's just a remarkable story. She's published a book and is working on her second book. Um, and she's writing the book because she wants um, to prevent this from happening. Um, and she's, that's why I want to write this book about the Guardian, because she is one of those. Um, but that's just one example. Um, there's also partners featured in there. Um, there are donors featured in there that have been a huge part of our success. So um, it's just fun. You know, it's just been fun. You get to spend uh, 30, 40 minutes with these guys on an interview. And then when I go to write it, it's like pure joy all over again. So well, what a cool concept. When the book comes out, you can come back on the show and we'll talk about it. We'll pick out your favorite parts. And we'll spend an entire show talking about that because that is a very cool concept. Very Maybe cool we idea. could even get a couple of guardians to join us. <laughs> Look at that. You're already show running this thing. And that's <laughs> why I love it. This is so great. Uh, oh. So 
let's uh, give us how do we support CVIC? How do we get a hold of you? How do we uh, got a sack full of money under our bed and we've listened to the show now and they said now all of it's going to go to you and CVIC, Koya. How do we get a hold of you? How do we donate? How can we help? So you can check us out uh, at cviconline.org or call 701-746-0405. And of course, um, my number is on the website too. You can reach out to me as well. Um, we'd love to We'd love to tell you more, give you a tour when, when we can get back in our building. <laughs> I love it. Well, we'll have all of those uh, uh, contact information, all of the, all the show notes uh, within the page. Uh, so everybody can click on there and give you a boatload of money and participate and find out where your next event is either virtually or in person. And then we will stick around and then we will make sure this book gets released. We'll be back on the show. Quiet. Thank you so much for being a guest on the official do good better podcast. This was a blast. I'm so glad we got to do this. Finally, finally Kudos to you. Yes. Excellent. Well, thanks for being on the show. Uh, good luck to all um, of your staff as you sort of transition to this uh, new reality. And, uh, and thank you for much uh, what you do. It's the unsung uh, heroes, I think, are, are really what's going to come out of this, um, especially you being on the front line of something that I don't think a lot of people talk about. They should. Um, but what you do is wonderful. And so thank you very much for your uh, help in making our community even more awesome. Thank you so much. Bye, friends. Hey, when you Google your hometown, what's the impression you get? Does it look like a vibrant, active community that would welcome your new business idea or welcome your family? Small Town Labs to the rescue! Hey, active fun social media posts, upgrading your city website, improving your town's online curb appeal, even providing competitive analysis versus other small towns in your area. Small Town Labs will create everything that you need to sell your hometown to new businesses and to new homeowners. Heck, they even manage those leads for you. So email them today at buildsmalltowns at gmail.com. Again, buildsmalltowns at gmail.com. Hey, thank you, Small Town Labs, for being an official sponsor of the official Do Good Better podcast. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.